Want to ring the bell? All right. Ding, ding. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Two Views Movies. I am one of your hosts, Garrett. And I'm the other of your hosts, Carson. And we're going to be talking some Top Gun Maverick today with a friend of the pod and multiple returning guest, Dusty Butler. Hello, everybody. I'm pretty excited about this one. Yeah, third time makes him official friend of the podcast. Yeah, you know we've had guests before, but you are our first official friend of the podcast. Yeah, your third your third visit here. I like it. Do I get like a t shirt or anything? It's on its way. Oh yes, (laughs) he's lying. It's not. It's in the mail. Well, I mean, let's be honest. The first two attempts to have you on the podcast were really just to get you ready for this one, right? I mean, this was the the long game. I did. I did get Batman, though. You know, uh, yeah. the first one was the first one, <laughs> Uncharted. Yeah. yeah. So that was Good. not fair. I mean, that that was definitely a practice. <laughs> it could have been worse. It could have been Moonfall. Yeah. It could have been Morbius. Oh Lord. Yeah, we didn't make you talk about Morbius. That that was Dr. something Michael too. Morbius. Yeah. So Top Gun Maverick. I mean, what? See, first Top Gun was eighty-five. So we're going on almost. 40 years in the making was it 85 or uh, oh god way to start off the podcast garrett somebody correct me what year was top he, he got his research was 86. that's good 86 i always go to 85 because that's when like everything was it was like uh rocky three or rocky four sorry all that yeah you're right 86 okay 86 so we're uh 36 years in the making and it was supposed to come out what two years ago <laughs> yeah it was uh was it too? I mean, it was it was the summer yeah. of COVID, right? It was supposed to be yeah, twenty twenty, slated July twenty twenty. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, I think they made the right call here on making everybody wait. I don't think anybody wanted to, but ha- having seen it twice in the theater, I'm glad I saw it in the theater, and I'm glad they made everybody wait. Yeah, I was uh, I I was really worried about this movie. I mean, you you boys. Not everybody knows, but you boys definitely know my love of Tony Scott. So uh, <laughs> I was just worried as to whether or not this movie was was going to be good. And then when, with the delay, you start to worry and wonder, okay, it, is this product any good? Or are they just trying to find a soft spot in the schedule? You know, are they just trying to find it once COVID released a little bit and eased up? And were they just trying to find some spot where they could make some money? Well, this uh, this had a little bit of grace because COVID changed the rules for delay. So, like, Black Adam delay means the movie was probably crap and they're trying to fix it. You know, a COVID delay is, uh, okay, we get it. You're going to push it back so people can actually see it. But uh, it didn't – and, I, and I, I was worried about, okay, why didn't it come out last year at some point? Why did we have an extra year of – of delays and maybe it's because they're working on effects or got poor feedback from test groups or something. Uh, but it seemed like they didn't do much of anything new from, at least from the reports that I read that it was still the same movie as it was two years ago. I, I think they probably just weren't ready to test the waters yet. I mean, if, if, 
if you're Paramount and this is your, I mean, cause I don't really know what else Paramount's got cooking for them, right? And they got Mission Impossible and Top Gun, so they're they're married to Tommy Thunder. Um, they probably were like, hey, Marvel, go ahead, you know, release Black Widow, release Shang Chi, because uh, when Tenet came out, it was it didn't perform very well at all. So I think they probably sensed it was maybe a year too early to to pull the trigger and just said, look, if this is the only thing we got going for us in this studio, we got to make it work. Yeah, I think they saw Spider-Man come through. and All right, people are, are back now. And then uh, we, we can go ahead and put it on a holiday where people love America. And uh, <laughs> and the first one's coming is Memorial Day weekend. So let, let's hit it. Yeah, and Memorial Day feels like a great time for this movie, you know, for this yeah. type of movie, uh, you know, an action flick, the start of summer. Uh, it just, it worked really well, the timing. And obviously by what it's doing in the box office right now, they, they made the best decision that they could possibly make because this movie's making a ton of money. I said, this is a movie theater movie. So it's one that you want to see in theater. You want to see the big screen. You want to hear the sound like, like you have fighter jets flying around. This is, this is one that you go to see. I know people wait for a lot of these other movies to come out on on streaming, but, but this one you want to see in theaters. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you want to see, yeah, I think you want to see it on the biggest screen possible and the loudest screen possible. Like, I, I think you just want to be assaulted. Like, I will say when I saw it on the second viewing, I saw it in Dolby and the sound is like just teetering on painful, right? It's like being at a concert where it's like you sometimes you're just right on that edge where you're like, okay, that, that was a little uncomfortable, but like, I'll take that for this kind of movie. Did you're you actually on the carrier. Uh, we, so Carson and I saw it on Monday and it was in IMAX and I'd already bought family tickets for the following Saturday to see it in Dolby. So I got to see both and um, I'll pick on AMC for a little bit. I felt like the IMAX experience was a little bit underwhelming. Um, big screen, but I felt like the audio in there was not up to what I would have wanted in, in an experience like that. So then when I saw it in Dolby, Dolby also is a big giant screen, but then it's just the walls are lined with speakers. So they're really trying to hit you with everything. So I, I, have made my decision that if I'm, if I'm going to go see a movie in the future and I want to be big screen, I want to be loud, like that ultra experience, like, you know, I, I don't care if I'm seeing, you know, some little indie movie, if it's just at the, the B and B on a small screen, whatever. But if there's a movie that I really want to see and experience, then I, I'm going to go Dolby is what I'm going to do at AMC. It's crazy because yeah, I mean the, the AMC, uh, I remember AMC 20 back in the day when we were, young and we used to go there like the sound there was just ear piercingly loud it felt like back in the day um and i i went and saw it at the alamo here in springfield and and sound was probably underwhelming there uh screen was screen was good it was okay but i i haven't i i don't think they've got the best sound set up there amazing place to watch a movie and you know i'll I'll uh, always always tell people if you can get get to an Alamo, do it. But I don't I don't think the sound was as good as I would have liked. Does it have a basement? What? <laughs> Every time I hear Alamo, I ask, I want to ask about the basement, like in Pee Wee's Big God. Adventure. So cheap. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny that uh, so Garrett saw this twice in the same building, which yeah. is right across the hall from uh, the other theater, and had a completely different experience. So that's. Yeah, that's hilarious. Well, and not that we're friends with AMC or friends with BNB, but 
B and B where I live is is on uh, it's it's on its last legs with me, man. They're, they're just the the sixteen. I don't think they've changed or upgraded any of their equipment since it opened uh, when we were in high school. And every time I see a movie there, I feel like the picture is not very clear. The audio kind of sucks. And then at the other one that I go to, I just feel like it's, I don't know. I, I just don't feel like they add anything to the experience. So, and that's not to say that a normal AMC screen would be any better. It's just, I don't know. I'm, I don't know. I, I just, I don't, there's not a lot of theater experiences I really much like anymore. Um, Cause I don't think they do a good job. In theaters, if you're listening, Garrett gives you one chance, and then uh, he's going to write you off, and he's going to nitpick you after that. So you better have a good first showing. And fortunately, he found one that he likes. So Dolby, if you screw up at all, he's just he's just done with you. But right now, hey, you got him on a high. I feel like if I'm going to go to the theater to see a movie, I should get extra clear picture, crazy good audio, and seats that are better than I could pick up off the end of somebody's driveway for free. So... I don't think I'm setting the bar too high. If you're going to charge me $15 a ticket once you add in service fees and it's going to cost me and my family $70 to go see a movie, you better be bringing something to the table that I can't get in my basement with my sound bar and my 80-inch TV. So I, I don't think that's asking too much of movie theaters. Yeah, Popcorn. I was never, you know, I, I was never a big movie theater guy. Um, it, maybe for some of the big, big releases, you know, the Star Wars back in the the 90, 90s, yeah, um, late nineties, I guess ninety nine, yeah. It, you know, maybe for some of those big things, but the rest of them, I just I wasn't a big movie theater guy. I'm a little bit of a germaphobe. It's a little bit gross, <laughs> you know. But that's where when uh, Springfield opened the Alamo, it, it was a game changer because that place is so freaking nice. I mean, just so nice and uh, makes makes the movie going experience great. So. Yeah, I the thing I love about Alamo is the threat of being kicked out at any given second. Oh yeah, um, I love that they say that in front of their movies because none of the other theaters ever seem to care or do it. But at least the threat is there with Alamo. They are like, you will get tossed if you don't knock it off. Yeah, and they do. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, so we ready to talk Top Gun? Yeah. All right. Uh, here's our blurb. I, don't, I mean, do we? I'll, I'll say it. But I mean, if you don't know what Top Gun is, I, I don't know what you're doing listening to this, let alone existing in life. Um, wow. After more than 30 years of service as one of the Navy's top aviators, Pete Mitchell is where he belongs, pushing the envelope as a courageous test pilot and dodging the advancement in rank that would ground him. Directed by Joseph Kosinski, who had only... He's done a few things, but like Tron Legacy and Oblivion were the only two big standout ones, which Tron Legacy was okay and Oblivion was okay, so I'm not quite sure how he parlayed this into a Top Gun Maverick, but he did. Uh, cast, Tom Cruise, Miles Teller, Jennifer Connelly, Val Kilmer, John Hamm, Charles Parnell, Glenn Powell, Lewis Pullman, Monica Barbaro, Ed Harris. Too many others probably to name, but I think that covers it. Where do we want to start in the good old spoiler-free section? Well, spoiler-free, I, I think we all, we all really enjoy this movie. And we all recommend go seeing it in the theater because it is visually and it's an action-packed, feel-good type of movie right like that's uh that's what you expect at a top gun you, you're not hoping uh or expecting a lot of twists and turns and heavy on on plot you want to see fast jets and you know dog fighting you know anything more beyond that i don't think uh i don't think you're you're really hoping for much more 
Yeah, and I think they also they did a good job of of capturing the look and feel of the original, even though you know it's a different director and we're talking thirty six years later. But it's not something that you even really have to have watched the original Top Gun to watch this movie and enjoy it. You know they they did a good job of honoring the original one, but yet still making it relevant today. Uh, and and then they also just there, there was definitely some nostalgia pieces to it, but they didn't just lean so heavily on that. Um, I think you could watch this movie without ever watching the original and not even know there was an original to it. Yeah, I, I think so too. And I think one of the challenges movies face when they do that is sometimes they get flashback heavy or they get exposition heavy trying to explain to you everything that happened. And I thought this movie did... A really good job of I think they use flashbacks twice and it's for maybe a total of like five ten seconds you know all together um, and, and there is a little bit of exposition in there about you know how certain characters got to be where they are but I don't think it crossed that line into you know groan inducing so I think they did just enough to be able to fill that where if you didn't see the original you can make do. And if you did see the original, you didn't feel like you were getting beaten over the head with like, okay, yes, I, I clearly know what happened in the original. Stop telling me it wasn't that. So I, I thought they did a really good job of balancing. That. I, I can only think of one groan inducing part of it, but it's, it'll be in the spoiler <laughs> section and I'm sure you can probably guess what it was. <laughs> Maybe. Well, they did have a, a kind of a tough, tough road on that side of there's 30 years that they're trying to fill of where have they been? You know, that they could have spent the majority of the movie just doing backstory of what, what's happened, you know, since the last movie. And I thought they did a, a well enough job of not going down that rabbit hole, but giving you all the information that you need throughout the movie to, to know where all the characters have been doing and where yeah. they are now. And so that that could have been a, a big drag on the movie that uh, that I think they, they handled that that really well. I agree with that. On that note, though, I, I couldn't help but feel that the needle kind of tipped a little bit towards The Force Awakens in this. Meaning, <laughs> you kind of, there were times where it was hitting beat for beat with certain story elements or certain things that happened in the first one that were trying to parallel in this one. And I, I don't think it went full force awakens but like there was a time there like maybe middle through the movie where i'm like oh man okay let, let's let's reel this back a little bit like i don't think i'm gonna give anything away here that's a spoiler because this was in the trailer but like when when maverick is riding his motorcycle like right along the runway again you know it's like that's just so on the nose like i don't i don't dislike it it's just it's things like that that when you get to about the fourth or fifth one of those you're like Okay, right. guys. Like, and, and thankfully, I think about right about the time I was up to the line of exhaustion, I think they stopped doing that. So I, I they brought me right there, and like one or two more, I'd have been like, "Dude, <laughs> no!" But they 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 knocked it off. Yeah, it it definitely felt, you know, a little remake ish uh, with its own with its own twist, and I, I I think in this movie the focus was obviously again the the name of the movie is top gun maverick so maverick is the focus of it he's just in a different part than he was before whereas in the original your focus is on the 
the the team, you know, on the the students of Top Gun. In this case, the focus is more on the teacher of the Top Gun. So it, it does have a little bit of a different feel, but yet still a lot of a lot of scenes that paralleled things through it. And I'm sure we'll touch on quite a few of those. Yeah. Yeah. I was very anxious to hear Dusty's opinion on this movie because he's been heavily critical of movies like this in the past that have basically, if you liked something in the first one, we're going to go ahead and put it in this movie too, because we want you to like it also, you know? And so they've, they, they did that a lot. (laughs) I'm, I'm heavily critical of it. Only if it's done poorly, and that is Ghostbusters Afterlife. Now, you talk Force Awakens. I really like Force Awakens. I I think it was a complete ripoff and a remake of it, but they they still, you know, J.J. made a really good movie with that. Um, You can say, okay, he he wasn't super creative, and he didn't um, really go out, branch out on a limb, but yet he, he did it well. You know, Ghostbusters you know that was just horrific i mean that was a ripoff that sucked so um you know but I, so i think this one is in the same vein as the force awakens but i think it's it's it was done done very well so i'm gonna make a statement and I, we can clear it up in, in spoilers but i feel like if there is a scene that you loved in top gun there was a similar scene in this movie Except one. Except one scene. And uh, I'll let you guys ponder that by the time we get there. But uh, there is one scene that I feel like people could could say is their favorite that was not in this one. But all the rest of them, I think, are in this movie. Yeah. I'd have to dive into that one a little bit more because I think think that just needs a little bit more discussion. Because I have so many favorite scenes in Top Gun that I don't even know that I could pick a favorite scene. I mean... Dusty and I will quote the most obscure stuff from Top Gun that I don't know that most people would understand that we're even quoting Top Gun. So, like, I, I just have so many areas that I like in that. Sure, you're going to get into the minutiae. I'm talking about, like, the overall scene of this scene, not necessarily, you know, Val clenching his jaw or, or biting his teeth, you know, <laughs> you know, getting into, into, the, into the, those types of things. Right. You know, but I feel like any overarching scene... You know, if you liked it in that in the first movie, they they added it for you. So so it's there. Okay. Um, I, I think the one thing we have to talk about in spoiler free is uh, that that we can get away with here is the filming, right? Uh, I mean, the one thing this movie had to do is match the original Top Gun's effects because the one thing I've always said about people when they're like, "How do you like Top Gun? It's so corny, whatever." The one thing I can always, the hill I can always die on with Top Gun is that you can watch it today and every last effect in that movie holds up. There's not one thing that looks like it wasn't made today. And it's crazy how they did that because if you see all the movies that came along after it that tried to be Top Gun, um, I'm in particular thinking of like the early to mid 2000s ones, Stealth with like Jamie Foxx and Josh Lucas and stuff. It's so riddled with CGI, it's unbearable to watch. So I, <laughs> so I knew going into this that the one thing they had to get right was filming the the fight the fighter jet scenes, and I think they absolutely crushed it. Uh, you, I mean, 
the thing I couldn't get past is like when you see the G's on their faces, right? It's like pulling Tom Cruise's face down because he's actually experiencing what it's like to be in a fighter jet and do some of those maneuvers. So I thought that was filmed incredibly, incredibly well. If I had one nitpick to say about the filming of this movie, it would be that it was better the second time I saw it, but any of the shots that are done outside of the cockpit of the flying stuff felt a little quick and choppy and edited a little bit too harshly. I think it needed just a few more seconds and a few more angles to let things breathe a little bit. I I just thought every time they came out, like when I think about the other Top Gun, like when they're chasing each other and they're flying around and and then you can kind of see how one plane is moving in. Like I, I felt like outside of the cockpit, the original Top Gun is is better, but clearly inside the cockpit, Maverick is, I mean, yeah, that, years ahead. That's what I was gonna say. Is I, I, I think they flip flopped a little bit. The original one, you didn't see as much inside the cockpit. It was really tight, you know, where they were able to back that, you know, use use better camera work today. They just got better better equipment. They're able to back that camera up a little bit, show a three not a three sixty, but a bigger view of the cockpit. I think they did so much better there, almost to the point of overuse a little bit. Um, but again, I think they were wanting to show that dedication and realism of showing what, what the G's do to the face and the body. But I think it, I, I would have, I'm with you. I would have liked to have seen more, just more angles, more camera shots, because that's what the original did. So incredible was seeing the, the, the planes in flight. I mean, you know, part of the, the, amazing thing in in top gun are the jets you know i mean it's the characters that are cool but it's also just jets are badass and you know being able to see those things flying through the air we didn't get as much of that so i think where one thing did one good the other thing did the other good so yeah the uh one of the cool things that, that gary and i got to experience is before the screener they actually had a, a real top gun pilot come and he kind of gave the intro to the movie and he was saying how uh one tom cruise said every time they asked him to do a sequel that he wouldn't do it unless it was authentic and it basically if the top gun pilots didn't sign off on it then he wasn't going to do it type of thing and he said every actor that was in a cockpit uh, for the movie went through training and went through the actual g-force that they experienced so they knew what it was like when they're acting of, of what this experience is really really is and they had them up in the planes and they're flying them around and that that's that's really cool that's really cool that they went that far that uh, they were actually with the top gun pilots to make this say yeah that's that's bullshit you know that's the last thing you want to see you think something's really cool then an expert comes on like yeah it's nothing like that you know, that, that's not how we would do any of that. You know? And so, mm-hmm. so it, it was nice that they went, they went that far and did that. And I feel like it, you can tell. Yeah, you could, it, it felt incredibly real. I mean, it was, it was a white knuckle kind of movie, especially, um, you know, not giving anything away, but the last, you know, 30 minutes is just all out action. So you're just on the edge of your seat the entire time. It, it feels like you're in the cockpit with them. I mean, when they're looking around and, I mean, the, like I said, the first one did a good job of that too, but this is just ratcheted way, way up compared to um, the and original. It, you know, it did pay homage well to to Tony Scott because Tony Scott, you know, of course I love his movies. You know, some people don't. 
Um, Carson doesn't love uh, Unstoppable. We all know that, but oh, it's a terrible movie. <laughs> but he does action very, very well. You know, he's able to to mix action with some emotion and and with a good story. And I was I was just worried. I was worried about whether they'd be able to recapture that. And he, uh, you know, they they did the action well. And I I remember. I remember them saying that they they did a screening for uh, Ridley Scott, and you, you know you, you never know whether they're just saying, "Oh yeah, I like it." Um, it it you know paid good respects to my brother if they actually mean it, or if they're just trying to say it to help promote the film. But I, I think they truly did do it, you know, to in a way that he would he would have appreciated. Yeah. So I have a question for you guys, but before we get to that. I want to make sure we recognize our, our sponsor this this week is the Exit Room in Lee Summit, and uh, and I'll get you the question on the other side. Hey guys, as we all start to return to normal after two years of absolute craziness, I've got an idea for something a little different for you to do with your friends and family, something that gets you out of the house, interacting with actual human beings, and back into the world. We're proud to introduce you to the Exit Room. Go check out this incredible escape room business located in historic downtown Lee Summit, Missouri. The Exit Room is a family-owned, five-star rated, one-of-a-kind escape room experience that has been entertaining the KC metro area for nearly seven years now. They have five uniquely designed escape room adventures guaranteed to challenge, amuse, and even amaze you. Gather your party and come check out their friendly staff, their amazing decor, and contagious energy as you solve puzzles riddles and unravel mysteries but hurry the exit room is retiring two of their rooms very soon and replacing them with new adventures use promo code two views at checkout for a 20 percent discount that's the numeral two and the word view no spaces the exit room unplug interact escape okay so i have a question for you guys i think we all enjoyed this movie but how much did we enjoy it and did it crack your top five Tom Cruise films? Mm, that's a tough one. I, uh, I, my gut says yes, but I'd really have to think about that. Yeah, I mean, I think I could probably put it at, probably put it at five. Um, I think, uh, I mean, I know my top three, my top three, let's hear your top three. My top three is top, the original top gun, a few good men and collateral, you know, those are, those are probably my, my three that, that I enjoy the best. Then, you know, there's some specific roles that I love of his. I mean, I love his role in Magnolia, but I don't love the movie necessarily. Um, I, uh, Edge of Tomorrow. Um, I, I do love that movie, and I love his character in it. You know, he's kind of that wise ass that's just hilarious, and he plays that role well. And then, I mean, of course, Tropic Thunder. Uh, you know, <laughs> that's not even his movie, and right. he owns that movie. So, <laughs> yeah. but I, I, you know, I, and Last Samurai. I like Last Samurai. I like him in that movie. But yeah, so I, I think I could probably put it in my top five. So the two that I think. Uh you didn't mention that could be also considered is Jerry Maguire. Uh, 
that's a that's a great role for for Tom. And then Rain Man is the other one that I thought uh, could be a contender in your in your top five. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I I I I tend to look at him as those are slower roles, and for some reason, I like him more in faster paced roles. But he's great in both of those movies. I mean, The Color of Money, he's great in. Um, but but yeah, and Garrett is definitely trying to figure out where cocktail sets. <laughs> <laughs> you can never go wrong with cocktail. I mean, I, it, you know, even Days of Thunder, like it's not that good of a movie, but man, I watched it so much growing up and it's so quotable. I don't think I could put it in my top five, but I think the trickiest one for me, and I would say the, the, the probably the most comparable one to me with Top Gun Maverick would be Mission Impossible Fallout because I really, really liked the latest Mission Impossible movie. <laughs> I thought it, it kind of in the same vein, like, you know, we all know about Tom Cruise and his stunts and whatever, but I thought they did a really good job of filming all the action. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're, you're not moving Top Gun, the original, out of my list. You're not moving A Few Good Men out. So then you're just in like a battle with, you know, Last Samurai, Rain Man, Edge of Tomorrow. I can't, you know, I, I'm with Dusty where like Jerry Maguire, I mean, yes, I'm putting a few good men in there, but Jerry Maguire is just something I just don't want to watch all that much. I, I've probably seen it two or three times my whole life and I remember thinking it's really good, but it's just not typically how I like my Tom Cruise. You know, I like him more actually, like Dusty said, but if you're going to put him in a courtroom with Jack Nicholson yelling, that kind of elevates that as opposed to, you know, that story Cuba is just Jr. <laughs> <laughs> Right. So I don't know. It, it would be around, you know, four or five, just depending on, you know, I, I guess what I would say is I have this problem with some other movies, but it, it's probably one of those things where maybe when you watch it one month, it feels like, yeah, it's a top five. And maybe you watch it another month and it's not like, that's how I am with Nolan movies. Like I have a different, top Nolan movie every time I go around and watch them. So I feel like my Tom Cruise top five would never really be set in stone other than the fact that Top Gun's going to be number one. So did Mission Impossible Fallout make your top five? I don't know. I mean, I was I didn't finish up my top yeah. five. I'd say it'd be right around there. I mean, it's going to be in contention with like Last Samurai and you know, the only okay. ones that I, I think are 100% safe are Top Gun and... Uh, a few good men. A few good men, yeah. Yeah, I just thought it was funny that he he's put what eight Mission Impossible movies, seven, eight, and uh none of them made made any of our top fives. I just I just think that was I would say that, that I mean that for me funny. they're close. Like I, either number one or fallout would be where I would be at like maybe you could sneak into to the fifth slot there or something like that. But he's a guy to me that I guess has some really great movies and then he's he like bunches up just a really bunch of solid movies right there that that's where like it's easy for me to say what my one two or three is but then you start getting to four or five and that's really tightly squeezed between like number four and number eight right then you fall off into like rock of ages and stuff that nobody ever cares about so yeah i have a a few good men top gun edge of tomorrow collateral and then i have jerry Maguire right there at the at the number five spot uh just really really enjoy that 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 flick but i don't think this this makes it in there at least not yet it, it may take another 10 years for me to to watch this and and really fall in love with this and i very well could yeah but, it, it's one of those movies that i can i can certainly see the more i watch it the more i enjoy it the more quotable it becomes i i don't know that it's got the quotability of the original um just because i it doesn't seem like they have as many one-liners or as many 
funny characters is like Slider, you know, I mean, freaking Slider, <laughs> everything he says is quotable <laughs> in that movie, but um, but I still think it's one of those movies that'll only get better as it gets older. Yeah, I just want one shout out to A Few Good Men. We just watched that uh, last week because uh, I wanted to remember how good it was, and I think it's a absolutely perfect movie. But Jack Nicholson, in every scene that he is in, and I think there's only four, uh, crushes it. Crushes yeah. every scene. Every scene is iconic. He, like I said, he's only in like four pieces of the movie, and they're not very long, but he is absolutely amazing. And I think it's probably the best performance. I don't know if I want to put that on on here yet but i think the best performance of any movie ever like i'd put his performance in a few good men is surpassed by none well and, and i mean I, it was so that, it was but. so good because you had him in that super serious uh strong-willed role but then you had tom cruise as like the boyish wise ass you know just those two those two playing off each other was was perfect you know so so i didn't mean to deviate and get a sidetracked here but now i want to hear your ratings before we get to spoilers oh we're doing ratings first wow we're doing okay. ratings before we go to spoilers because some people just want to hear this part and then they don't want to get into the spoilers yet gotcha Who, who's going first go for it to the show um i uh it, it was a it was a very big debate here but i went with a four but i'm probably trending more to a four and a half um just because I, I I think it was a well done movie and it it could have ended very poorly. You know, it, being being going off of a movie that's got that that is beloved as much as the original one was, for them to do as well as they did here um is is very hard. So I almost want to give it that extra half star just because of that. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with a, with a four because I, I feel firm on that, but it could definitely elevate to a four and a half. Garrett. Yeah. I mean, I'm in the exact same way. I've seen it twice. It's a four for me. You know, if you're making me pick, like I always say, am I closer to three and a half or four and a half? I would go closer to four and a half. Um, I thought they did. I mean, the filming we already talked about, so I don't need to go into that. The character development, I thought they did a great job of, like you said, Carson, bringing people along with what's happened in the last 30 years, establishing where we're at now, even folding in some new people. And they did it in a very, very organic way that didn't feel like you were getting beaten over the head. I mean, we came real, real close to getting a uh, this guy's file. I mean, somebody did flip through Maverick's <laughs> file, but it wasn't really like, you know, the whole action movie, like, look at this guy. But I mean, they did say distinguished, distinguished. So we did get the military file scene. Um but I, I thought they did a really good job of bringing things along. It had some emotion to it, uh, especially with the the Rooster and Maverick stuff going on. They really didn't do anything bad. You know, it just, for me, didn't quite push into that five-star area. Um, I, I enjoyed it. Um, it just, you know, it's it's living up to something that was impossible to live up to. Put it that way. I mean, they did the best that they could, and the fact that they got four and that I'm saying it could be a four and a half out of a Top Gun sequel 30 years later is really a huge compliment. I know it sounds like it's maybe not to be like, oh, it's only four out of five, but no, it's it's really incredibly good. I mean, I, I have nothing bad to say about it. There's probably just some things I would have tweaked here and there, but you're, you're fighting 30 plus years of nostalgia here and you're just not always going to win that fight. 
Are you saying that they had an impossible mission? <laughs> it just got a hell of a lot more impossibler. <laughs> <laughs> we are all three in lockstep. I, I am at, it is a solid four. It could trend to four and a half. Um, I think the only thing uh, for me is I think, I think they did everything really well. I think what they did, they did everything really well. I don't think they did anything that um, there's nothing really surprising. Uh, uh, it was pretty much what I expected as far as plot wise coming in. Uh, no, nothing that wowed me other than just the, I, I was in it. I was in it. I enjoyed it. I didn't think it did anything to take it to, to great, but as far as a sequel goes to, to Top Gun, like, like you all said, uh, I think they nailed it. I think they nailed, nailed that and uh, and overall, it's a solid four movie. Yeah, man, the viewers are going to be bored with us here. You know, we don't have one guy that's elevating it higher that we can just really uh, dig in and just yell at each other because you know why? You like the gun scene in uh, Batman? You know that we've debated <laughs> ad nauseum. You know, on the side here, but I think this um, is where everybody's going to be. I, I mean, I, I would hope so. I, I, I don't. I'm not saying everybody's going to be like a four, but like, I just can't see somebody walking into that movie and, and giving it less than a three. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, it appeals to a floor to, of three. It, yeah. it, it appeals to Top Gun fans. It appeals to just average movie going fans. It appealed to my kids. And yes, they've seen the original, but they're not, you know, obsessed with it like I was. So like, it's just one of those movies that, you know, it, I, I feel like if somebody goes two and a half, they they have some kind of chip on their shoulder or they've got, I, I don't know, or maybe they're just like a huge indie art house movie person, just hate everything mainstream. But I would say the vast majority of people are going to be three and above on this one. So I, I don't. It's scoring well across all demographics. I mean, you know, the it, it I, I think when I was reading it, 55 and older, it was scoring well, obviously, because right. you know, they're the original one. <laughs> You know, even uh, even the younger crowd, like you said, Garrett, with your kids. And then I think it was saying like um, the viewership of this, uh, of the ticket purchase, like 42% female, which is yeah. a little shocking because the original is, you know, it I, Machismo. I, obviously girls will watch that because of dudes wearing, uh, you know, wearing no shirts on a volleyball scene. But still, I, I think... Uh, I, I think this one maybe does a little bit better about toning down the machismo to it that I think is playing well for all demographics. And I, I think that's where it's just going to make just just piles and piles of cash. Yep. I, I, I do want to say, like, if I if I had to give a couple more reasons why I was at a four besides, like, the choppy editing outside the plane, I would say, um, especially on the second viewing, it, it's it, it could have trimmed a little bit of fat somewhere. I mean, the original Top Gun's like an hour and a half, which I know movie links. I won't even go down that rant, but there there's right around the first to second act. Um, there's a, there's a lull in there where it it takes its time to develop some stuff, and and I felt that the second time I'm like, come on, man, just like get get me going. This is Top Gun, like let's go. So there's that, and you know, as we're getting into spoilers, I will say I. Uh, I didn't like the ending, the the, the very very end. There, there's something there that we can talk about on the other side, but that just I wanted it to end slightly differently. So, um, well, let's do it. Let's get to it. All right, spoilers. Okay. This is your last chance. 
After this, there is no turning back. All right. So Gary wants to start the end. So let's start the end. <laughs> okay. so wow. Here's, here's my thing. Stepping it up here. <laughs> the original Top Gun has just a, an all-time great ending, right? Like he goes to the bar and plays You've Lost That Love and Feeling and Charlie shows up and we, we get that, right? But then it throws it back into danger zone and it leaves you with, you know, more jets flying and stuff. This one, when it ended with like the Jennifer Connelly Lady Gaga song and them flying in the sunset, just if you want to do that, then just like take me back to danger zone like one last time before we like really roll the credits and get out of there. I just felt like, I, I don't know, man, like you were on the edge of your seat for so long and I get wanting to show him meeting back up with Jennifer Connelly. It wraps it up in a bow and you can see where Maverick's going to go. But like, you want to see, I, you want to see hangman zipping well, right past him, flipping him off or something. Right. Like that. Well, think about it this way. Like <laughs> now we waited 30 years to get this sequel and now we have it And your last image or your last scene of Maverick and Top Gun ever could be flying around a little World War II thing with Jennifer Connelly in the sunset with a Lady Gaga song. Like right. that's just not how I want to leave it. Put that scene in there. But then like after they fly off, give me some Kenny Loggins, get me back on the aircraft carrier <laughs> and fire some more jets a few times so I can just leave on that, that high that I was on. But both times, man, that ending, I so was if like, you, oh. so, so if it would have been the exact same scene, but instead of it being Lady Gaga, it was Kenny Loggins, would you have been okay with it? No, that would have been weird. I mean, you can't putt-putt around in a World War II prop plane with Kenny Loggins, man. you got to be you know, strapped to the cockpit going, you know, Mach 8, you know, for Kenny to be playing. He's not, he's not showing up. I mean, he's going to, he can sing Danny's song if he wants while we're flying around in the sun, but like we're getting danger zone going. You got to be going fast. So I just, it just, it hit me both times where I was like, like I kind of waited because even after the song stops and then they start to roll some more credits, it played the Top Gun anthem. Like, no, dude, danger zone with more planes like i don't know maybe i'm the only one did you guys feel that way i just felt like that end scene was just so like melancholy for the end of a top gun movie when you were talking about the end of the movie i i totally forgot that scene so my it was forgettable to me yeah like, it I, is. I, for, I forgot about how how they got back together him flying around with her so well, that's yeah, not the impression that that it left me <laughs> right. i mean i think they needed to now let's go to the very beginning of the movie. I think they needed to bookend it the yeah. exact same way, you yeah. know. So they they ended Top Gun the original with Danger Zone. They started the original one with Danger Zone, and they started this one with Danger. You know, they started it with the with the Harold Faltermeyer theme, and then busted into some Danger Zone. So they, I loved the fact that they started this movie the exact same way with the same scroll with all of that. I mean, that really got you into it. I think if you start it any other way, the movie is going to feel just different. You know, mm -hmm. it's going to feel like a, a fighter jet movie, but it's not going to feel like a top gun movie. But the second you hear that bell, you know, for the, for the top gun theme, um, just really kind of, you know, gets the hairs on your, you know, on your arms standing up like, oh, God, this is awesome. I'm so excited about this. So I agree with you. With as cool as it was to start it and get that same feel, it would have been cool to end it the same way. Mm -hmm. 
So I got, I got two things there. So you two are more of uh, movie scores and soundtracks, like especially this movie uh, that you know, like the back of your hand. <laughs> was there a song that in this movie that wasn't in the first one? I'm sorry, I said that backward. Is it was there a song in the first one that they didn't replay somewhere in this oh, movie? There's lots that they didn't oh, replay yeah. from the first one. Uh, I feel like they hit every single no, song that was all in, they, in the first one. In fact, one. the only the three that I can think of are the anthem, Danger Zone, Danger Zone, Great Balls of Fire. Right. Which Great Balls of Fire is technically not even on the soundtrack. It's just it, part of the movie. I, and but so no, I mean, okay, there's no so, cheap trick in there. There's no Berlin. Take my breath. <laughs> I away. didn't want to go down that yeah. path because I knew. Okay, but yeah. it felt from casual viewer, uh, it felt like they they threw in every song. And if you said, no. "Yep, that song was from the original," that's I was like, "Yeah, I, I believe it." No, and you kept, should know better than that too. Because when they played football, we didn't get playing with the boys. So right. no. <laughs> football, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> but so so when they when they introduced the movie, you didn't see any of that be feeling cheesy when they went back to both. No. Dude, I, I love that. Dude. I mean, I, I know I, every, so every time they hit the Rocky theme in every movie, you yeah. know, and the, the victory in it, each one of those, that, that gets me. I, the tiger, no, I don't care how many times you play it, you know, that's always going to get me. So I just didn't know it, it, it felt a little cheese, but I also no. get why, why people would love it. The to, to only hear it again, complaint right I have the about the beginning is I didn't get my guy doing his little leg kick. That's my favorite part of the opening and Top Gun, and I didn't get it in this one. Garrett even created his own gif of this just because he loved it so much. So. But no, Dusty was spot on, man. Like when, I mean, like I actually smiled when that Paramount first comes in and they hit that bell, and I was like, oh, Lord, like we are in for it. And then when, you know, they started doing the credits, like we're really going to do this? And like I was borderline giddy. Then they had the even the orangish hue to like everything like they had right. that going. I was like, man, this is, I, I, I missed this. I, like it could have come across <laughs> as hokey, but it, it was, it was perfect. Yeah. I, I just, I enjoy that in the original one. And, you know, when you see it in this again, it just gets you back, you know, it gets you into that mode of that's what this is going to be is yep. this is going to be, uh, you know, it, it's not going to be an, I don't know. Uh, it, there's going to be a ton of action here. You know, we're getting aircraft carriers, we're getting jets, we're getting music, we're getting all of that stuff. And I mean, I, I think they, I, I can't imagine this movie starting any other way and me probably giving it a four. I mean, I hate to say that, but that, you know, it, it just, it, it was a really cool way to start it to, to, to use that again. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to start off on, uh, on the negative side of two scenes that I would cut off the bat or at least do something completely different. One, uh, the introduction of Baby Goose, and that's not Ryan Gosling. Yeah, don't uh, say that. They, uh, he walks in wearing you know, his dad's clothing, essentially. Like, we're, we're even going to dress him like that. You know, He's got the Hawaiian shirt unbuttoned. Uh, he got the he got the aviators on. And then he sings great balls of fire you know it's like this is a little a little much you know you could have just introduced this this kid you know as himself he doesn't have to be a spitting image you know down to the the same shirt that his dad wears and then sing great balls of fire for his his friends it just it just seemed a little a little much there yeah and i don't you know i don't even mind i don't mind the look as much as i did the song probably is that 
you know, what what guy who I don't know how old they're supposed to be in this movie, you know, but what guy of that age is going to walk into a bar and start jamming out to great balls of fire. I mean, I know, you know, you, you remember him as a kid sitting on top of the piano, singing it with, uh, with, with goose and Maverick, but still, I don't know that is that, is that your go-to play now? You know, is that you hit up bar pianos and play great balls? I, I don't know. Yeah. I, that part of it I could have done without. They could have played some other music or some other thing, but I didn't didn't bother. But it was definitely one of those nostalgia things that you know they threw in there to lay it on. So that's what I was going to ask. So they had the flashback. They showed Goose singing it, you know, mm-hmm. and they showed him on the. That's what they were going for. They showed him on the piano. But would it have been the same? Had it been a different song, and then still flashback to Goose playing the piano and showing the kid on. I no, I mean it's fine. I mean it you're right. It is on the nose and I think that was that was creeping up to that line where I was like, "Okay, come on guys, we're doing it a little bit too much." But like to Dusty's point too, it's kind of a good mechanism to then flip back and show that flashback of Goose and his mom and and Maverick there on the piano. So I like, they, I they at least like utilized it. Yeah, and I do like how they used Maverick in that, you know, outside the bar looking in. You know, it it brought a little emotion into it. Um, so I, I think they did it well. I think it's just it was it was close. Yeah, it was no doubt. And so then the next scene you mentioned the the football on the beach. Did you guys have any clue what they were doing? Uh, for ninety percent of that scene, no, I thought, I thought, my God, did they really have a blooper going on here? Where we've got two footballs going on? Like, is this that poorly edited? Like, who messed up here? And then they explained it like two seconds later. So I was like, okay. I feel like they should have given us a little bit more before they started. Uh, you know, as a kind of cool concept of offense and defense at the same time, yeah. opposed to just, wait, the ball was red a second ago and now, now it's blue. And then you're just trying to figure out what the hell's going on. Well, I saw them both being snapped at the same time. And I was like, yeah. okay, so they put that in there for a reason. That was kind of when I was like, okay, there must be something going on here. I don't understand. Yeah. And to that credit, uh, you know, kind of going back to the music part of it, um, they didn't use the same thing. They didn't use volleyball here. And I didn't love the scene. You know, I, I, yeah. I understand what they were trying to do is the team building here. Um, so I guess that's where it's like, okay, I, I don't like the song necessarily, but I also don't like that this was different. You know, I don't like that they were playing offense, defense, fo- football. I probably could have used volleyball, you know, <laughs> but yeah. I, I don't know. It, it, I didn't I didn't love the scene, but I, I understood why they put it in and what it was there for. For sure. I feel if those are my, my critiques, then this movie did did pretty good. Yeah, that's entirely true. Um I mean while we're on things that we don't like, I I'm still on second go around just not sure how I felt about how the mission played out with Maverick and Rooster and Maverick taking the bullet for Rooster and then Rooster taking the bullet for Maverick and then them stealing away in an F-14. Like, it, it plays out okay. Like, that's probably why I'm at a four, but, like, there was just something a little much about all that. And there was definitely, there was a lot of foreshadowing that Maverick was not coming back out of this. And they definitely teased that twice at a minimum. Um which I'm fine with. That's fine. It just, there was something 
I don't know, kind of just well, a little hokey about how that all played out to me. I think this is where, you know, where you're talking about cutting the fat. I I never expected us to get this extra extra part. I thought the the fight war would all be handled in the air. Um, I never thought that we would then end up on the ground and then somebody else come in, end up on the ground. Then the F-14 was just that, that was the part of it to me that was way too much nostalgia Mm -hmm. of trying to get, you know, they, they worked very hard to get him back in his original Tomcat plane. And it just, I, I don't know. I, I think that whole thing could have been cut out and you could have still had, um, you still could have had Maverick get shot and injured or whatever and have Rooster come back and, and help him. But I don't know that you needed them to get in an F-14. You know, I, I don't know. That just, to me, I, I didn't like that. So that whole scene, I, I actually did enjoy, uh, again, them on the ground. Like, okay, this is going to be something different. I go, I don't know, are we going Ethan Hunt here? Like, what, what's he going to do when they're on the ground now? Uh, what I didn't like was I thought they could have played up um, him sacrificing himself for Goose or for Rooster uh, to make it actually somewhat believable that this could have been the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Like it, it happened so fast of where he, he pulled up there, you know, and, and took took the shot opposed to saying, uh, you know, kind of building up. I'm out of missiles. You're out of, you know, there's, there's no way. It kind of may kind of teased you with, with emotions before they hit it. And then clearly, you know, that he's, they're not just going to have in the movie with Maverick getting cut down by a chopper. Like that would have been really freaking cool if they decided to do that. Uh, this, <laughs> this chopper just pulls up and just guns him down. You know, you knew that he was going to get saved right there. Right. Just like you knew at the end, he was going to get saved. So that's, that was so laid out. Well, it's unbelievably it, predictable that it it, it was kind of weak when they could have teased you a little bit like did they just kill off Maverick but but they they just did it all too fast to where you knew he wasn't going to die and they used it twice too mm-hmm. tight yeah. too close together you know they used Rooster saving Maverick and then they used Hangman saving Goose and Maverick and it's it just there wasn't a lot of it, you knew what was coming you knew it was there um, you're not going to have build up hangman and do all of that. And then have that character kind of honestly playing a similar character. Um, I, I shouldn't say similar character, but in a similar situation to what Maverick was in the original where right. you know he was staying on the, um, on the aircraft carrier ready to go. If, if need be, um, you knew that was coming and, and it, it was just to me, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't like them using those two back to back. Yeah. And Carson knows my hatred of the trope in movies where somebody's pointing a gun at somebody and then you hear the gunshot. And of course it's like, you know, the person holding the gun got shot near led to, you know, that was essentially (laughs) what we got in both of those scenes too. Twice. Yeah. Yeah. The helicopter's there. Okay. And then like the second one where the guy shoots the missile, but right as hangman shoots him, it's just, yeah, it's done too tightly. Maybe you do one, um, but I had the same thought as you, Carson, where it's like once they got Maverick on the ground, I was like, oh, okay, well, what are we going to do here? And then we just hurry up and got him in another plane. Now, I will say I caught the second time around that they actually call out in the mission brief that there are F-14s stationed there. So, like, I didn't quite catch that the first time around, and not that it makes it any better that he gets in an F-14, but 
when I watched it the first time, I thought he just randomly stumbled upon an F-14. Um, but at least this time they called it out, like, in a little briefing video. Like, yeah, they were even using these old F-14s sitting there, so. See, I, I didn't I didn't mind that. Um, and I didn't even mind that they said whoever this country is that we're fighting, <laughs> yeah. um, which they left nameless on purpose, uh, just so they can sh- share their movie in that country. Uh, but they... You know they have advanced advanced weaponry and advanced planes. You know it's not not how they have better planes than we do or whatnot. But we just need to make sure that we're the underdogs here. You know, and so well, once you get in into these fights that you can't win type and, of thing. And you know, kind of talking about those advanced planes, that that's one scene that bothered me a little bit was when um, Maverick was shoot. I think it was Maverick was shooting at them, and the plane kind of does the abrupt stop and flip around. And it bothered me that, and and you guys know I've got a filthy mouth, but I won't say it on your podcast, but it bothered (laughs) me that they dropped the F word there. I was like, you know, there, there isn't any of that in the rest of the movie. And it just felt out of place for Rooster to yell that out. Not that he may not be thinking that, but it just didn't feel like it was, it, it felt like it was out of place for this movie. It was. They wanted to get their one F-bomb in that you can do with PG-13. And I I felt like they did it in a great spot. It felt natural. Like, that was the, if you're going to say it, that's the moment to say it. But I get your point. <laughs> like, you know, it wasn't, it's not necessary. Right. And not that, like, any of us are prudes or anything about language. But, yeah, I could see where it's just, like, you know, kind of felt out of place. But um, on the rooster front, uh, how about Miles Teller? I, I We could have talked about this in spoiler-free, but... I, I know a lot of people that are kind of on the fence about Miles Teller. I, I would say I loved him in Whiplash, and I'm okay with him in other places, but I thought the guy killed it here. I thought they cast him well. He looks like he would be Goose's son. Um, I thought he performed well. I thought he acted well. I thought he kept up with everybody in the scenes, and whether he's opposite Hangman or whether he's opposite Maverick. I I thought Miles Teller probably walked away the best in all this. But if you saw a picture 30 years ago of his dad wearing glasses in the background of another picture, would you just say, oh, you know who that looks like? You know, it's well, not Miles Teller. It's, I mean, you have to just it, go it, it, That was a little cheesy, you know. I mean, it's fine. <laughs> it would have taken him two seconds to look at Bradshaw anyways on the screen. On the sure, they could have gone that route, you know. I know. Uh, not like, just who does that look like. That's I, I had no problems with that. It's one of those things where you just have to – go with the movie with the fact that they would look enough alike to be able to like, Hey, that kind of looks like that would be, you know, Rooster's dad. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm with you though. I mean, I, I think he killed it. And I'm one of those guys that is on the fence about him. They're, I don't know. He's just, he, he, for some reason, there's something about him that just doesn't have like that star quality in a lot of things that I've seen. He He's okay. in and everything, but he just isn't one of those guys like Tom Cruise, you know, that you go to that movie and he, you know, he's electric on screen. I don't necessarily always get that. I think he was very, very, very good in this. And I think, uh, I think they cast him well. Um, but one thing that I, I had read actually, uh, just a little bit earlier was that they originally had screened him and, uh, Glenn Powell who played hangman. And I think Glenn Powell probably looks even more, you know, to, to a certain degree, even more like, uh, like goose, um, in certain scenes and certain things that you, you see, but I think they made the right choice of putting Miles Teller in that, in that role and putting Glenn Powell, who 
I really liked him in this. And he, he, again, kind of on the nose here, I almost thought they tried to make him a little bit too much like Iceman, you know, the, right. the stud of the group, um, the very cocky type of guy. He was a little bit more like overtly cocky than what, uh, what Val Kilmer was as Iceman, but he still was. And every time I was getting to that point, kind of, again, like we were talking about with everything, every time I got to that point where I was like, ah, oh, man, I'm starting to not like this guy. They made him more likable, and I, I did enjoy his performance. And I think the more I watch it, the more I will enjoy it. I think he got shortchanged a little bit, um, and I know why. I know what they were trying to do of of making, you know, trying to build that chemistry and that, uh, you know, the relationship with Rooster and with uh, Maverick. But I still feel like this this guy who's clearly the best pilot you have of the group to put him, you know, and, and he's not necessarily like Maverick where Maverick, they were worried, okay, is he going to do something dumb? He didn't necessarily ever do anything dumb. He just, I, I don't know. So I, I feel like they shortchanged him a little bit in the end. Yeah. Well, well, my miles teller, uh, I, I like him. Uh, like I said, the whole movie of whiplash is, is good. I think most of that is JK Simmons, but I, I like him in that. And this, I don't think he did anything, great uh, i thought he was serviceable um i don't think he was a necessarily a standout uh but when it comes to hangman uh, dusty i think he was a combination of maverick and iceman like they just kind of squished him into the same he looks a lot like iceman uh, he kind of acts as cocky as iceman but he flies like maverick of right. uh, i'm just gonna do my own thing i don't, I don't need a team you know and so you kind of see that in him but he has the attitude of iceman i'm the best and you all know i'm the best you know type of thing and so it was kind of like a hybrid character uh we're going to combine those two but then we're going to focus on on goose if he was his own pilot yeah and i could you know i could see where not that I'm clamoring for more Top Gun, but I could see if they were going to push forward that those two could carry the movie. I, I do think those two um, are good enough to carry a movie, you know, even if you don't have it as much with Tom Cruise as Maverick. But I don't know that they'll ever go that route. But I, I enjoyed those two characters enough that I would go see that movie if it was just those two. I hope they stop. I hope this is it. I'm sure it is. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it was something they're going to want to keep sending back. I read something that was like eleven thousand dollars an hour for them to fly around in these airplanes. So I mean, they're <laughs> they're committing to a lot there. But yeah, yeah. I, I kind of. Just... I mean, the the budget wasn't that crazy. Yeah. compared to a lot of movies. I mean, I think I think I'd seen it was like one seventy, uh, yeah. one hundred seventy million. Which I don't isn't, know. Which isn't outrageous for. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong; it's a hell of a lot of money, and then you double that for marketing you're at 300 million dollars that you got to make but they're gonna make that this weekend yeah. but you're yeah. not gonna make that with miles teller as your your lead no. you, you gotta have tommy thunder in there yeah yeah but that's probably true i mean you know i i think they could probably do it but i think it i think it does need to be done um i the other thing i thought i mean if we're comparing back to the original top gun i have two two things i would say one is that um I'm not sure why Tom Cruise and or Maverick and Rooster don't have uh, rear operators like everybody else did, but those two don't, um, which was a deviation from the original because everybody was always in pairs. So I, I, I know they say like in the movie, like we're going to send a single and a double, but it just 
I'm curious as to why they wrote it like that, other than they wanted to have them be at risk and play out the way it did in the end. And if you have a suicide mission co-pilot with you, yeah, but like uh, Phoenix and Bob, they were they were flying together, and Payback and his guy were flying together. But But wasn't that because one was doing the the targeting? The target, well, right, but like going back to the original, there was always they're always paired up. There's always you know Maverick and Goose, Ice and Slider, Hollywood and Wolfman, like. So I don't know why yeah. they got away from that. Yeah, I was just saying, like the the second person in the second aircraft was the well, yes was the, lasering the laser for both for both team for both planes there. But yeah, but yeah, no, I I agree. I thought it was kind of odd that there wasn't always somebody back there. Yeah, and I forgot what my second point was, but I'll switch to a different one, which is that speaking of Star Wars comparisons, um, that was a Death Star run. That's all that yeah, was. That was one hundred percent a Death Star run, and <laughs> yeah. I didn't get why. If you're shooting all these Tomahawk missiles at their runway, why couldn't you take out their anti-aircraft missiles, I mean, I, or at least have them shoot them off in the air? Yeah, I'm assuming they were trying to play off the it being in that depression between the mountains that the missiles couldn't get down that fast, you know. So, yeah, I saw I, it, like I, when they when they showed that, and it was like <laughs> like they even showed a little graphic. Like first it's like, oh, okay, we gotta navigate this. I'm like, okay. Death Star trench run. Then we got to shoot this yeah. exhaust pipe. Okay. Death Death Star. <laughs> yeah. Like, it was just a little bit on the nose. Like you'd think somebody would have come in. Let, they probably had the conversation where they're probably like, ah, it's Top Gun. I mean, you know what? Whatever. As long as we show them flying, they're not going to care. They're pretty much right. Well, I, I, w- I was buying all of it, the whole stealth run of it, of we can't alert that we're coming type of thing. Or But then they shot all the Tomahawk missiles and they're all flying out there and like, just, just shoot the anti-aircraft things that are going to shoot us out of the sky. Yeah. They're all right there. You're flying right over them when right. they, and then they showed all the missiles fly. And again, like, just, I just think take the ones off the top of the mountain off. You know? Yeah, I mean that. That's, I guess, the the thing that I would say is you should have been able to target those those missiles at the top of the mountain. I mean, you should have right. been able to, pay, and that would have made this whole thing a hell of a lot easier if they could just get in and out. You know, but um, it. You know, going to uh, going to nostalgia that I wish we would have gotten is I wish we would have been able to see some of the original original pilots. You know, I wish we would have gotten to see some slider. I wish we would have gotten some viper. I wish we would, and I and and you don't want to lean too heavily on that, but I think the per, you you had a perfect opportunity to introduce those guys or show those guys and really not even make a big deal out of it, which is at Iceman's funeral. Yeah. You know, I think mm-hmm. at his funeral, you should have had Slider there. Of course, that makes sense. I mean, that was his, right. you know, that was, his, and if he's not in jail, he needs to be there, which was Slider. <laughs> I, I could easily see him being in prison, but the, you know, the rest of them, I want to see some sundown, you know, I want to see, you know, I, you know, I just, I would have loved to have seen that. And again, you don't have to say anything more than just the camera panning across it. And and then all of us who had and nobody else, if you haven't seen the original, would have thought of it. But everybody else who, who does know the movie, does know the original, looks across that and is like, "Oh my God, there's that, there's that, there's yeah. that." That could have been a really cool scene that I think they they missed. Yep. W- would it have been worse if they put one of those guys in John Hamm's position? Yeah, I think you needed yeah. somebody that didn't have a connection to Maverick. I mean, that John Hamm, for all intents and purposes, is the villain of the movie outside of the nameless country that we're fighting, right? He's the antagonist to Maverick. So if you would have had somebody like, 
Sundown or Slider, any of those guys that actually served with Maverick. That would you would have had to have added to the backstory why those guys are no longer getting along. And in this case, all you have to do is have Ham say, "Look, I've never liked you. I don't like you. The only reason you're here is because of Iceman." So, and, and that settles yeah. that. You don't have any previous attachments to it. Because in the original, yeah. the only person that didn't love Maverick was Iceman. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, that was the only one of those guys. Even even Slider liked him. You know, you could tell they were. You know, they didn't you know dislike each other yeah yep so i love the val kilmer scene yeah it was good i wasn't sure how we were gonna get him uh i i thought i knew uh tom cruise said he wasn't gonna do it without val but then i didn't know if the throat cancer or, or things like that eliminated and he was just um uh, saying the picture on the wall was was enough to, to nod to val but i'm glad that uh we we got what we got and mm-hmm. not just the text messages and, and the names and things like that yep. yeah i i think they did it really well and did, did you guys before the movie did you get like a little video of val kilmer oh um where it was you know there was a at alamo there was a video that played before the movie and they used like voiceover technology i'm assuming they just took his you know different sounds from different movies and cropped it all together and he talked and I mean, it was, it was awesome. I mean, it was really cool. And that's kind of what I expected them to do, especially when they just showed it in the preview of this movie, you know, before I saw this movie. Um, and then when it didn't do it, when it was just using the, uh, you know, the computer touchscreen, I kind of think it was actually better. I mean, I think, you know, it was, you, you know, you obviously know he's going through a lot of crap, you know, and, and I think they, they did a good job of, building up some emotion in that scene yep well, yeah i, I said yes originally because we got a tom cruise video before ours where he like thanked everybody yeah. for coming out and seeing the movie and we made it just for you kind of thing so we got that too but there was a scene before that that had uh ha- that had val kilmer and he was dressed like he is today and he was talking but yet it was his actual original you know his gotcha. his actual voice but it wasn't you know like live voice right right yeah yeah they did that for his documentary that they did his voiceover was somebody computer did his old voice right to narrate that no, movie and that's that. not what it was wasn't it the documentary is his son talking i thought they add added his voice in there no that's his son his son sounds eerily like him wow yeah Okay. But I think I did read an article. I didn't dive too much into it, so maybe I just skimmed the headlines. But I think they said when he talks in Top Gun, I think they said it's like AI that they had to use AI for even that. So I don't, I don't know because he was still real gruffled and whatever. But yeah, I, I thought I was very curious how that was going to work, and I thought they did a good job with the text messages and the screen, and then they just kind of folded Val's issues into Iceman's health issues. So I, I thought, I thought that all worked really, really well. Yeah, I think they they used just enough of it and I think I think how they used Val was really cool in that you know he was the guy that's been keeping Maverick in the Navy for all these years, you know. So obviously it shows how much they grew together and they truly did come to be you know become friends whereas in the original they were nemesis throughout the entire movie and then obviously you can be my wingman anytime. <laughs> type of thing and uh i i think it shows that they again they became friends and that he kept kept lift well i guess 
not lifting him up, but keeping him in the Navy and keeping him in the position that he wanted to be in. Yeah. Well, it also, it also shows that uh, Maverick didn't really change, you know, no, no. he's, he's still, you know, it's like, it's not like he's been, Oh, uh, you know, boy scout in the military for 30 years and then comes back to teach top gun. And all of a sudden he's Maverick again, you know, yeah. it's, he's been the same way this whole time. And to answer the question, the only reason he's still here is because Val's been, he's been promoted and he has the final say. Yeah. So I thought that was really good. The scene that I, that I think that I like the best and it, it's, probably boilerplate a little bit but the thing that i like the best was when he was making the run when he was not not the final fight scene but the practice scene you know after him and penny had had that conversation about you know you've got to basically you know find your way back into the navy and find your way back into the plane and you knew it was coming you know you knew what was what was on its way but then when he did it, you were like, oh, man, that is freaking awesome. I mean, it, that's just so cool seeing him. And it just, you know, really showed how how great he was. That scene, but then also the scene where he's just continually killing his, you know, the students, you know, showing how good <laughs> he is compared to them. Those two were probably the two best scenes that I that I enjoyed. Yeah, that the scene where he did the trial on his own, I thought was really good and not just have Maverick show up, you know, during the live mission, you know, he, he got a hold of a plane and Maverick's out here too. You know, like that's, that'd be really freaking cheesy. So you knew he was going to get in a plane and you knew that he was going to be some part of the end. I'm glad they, they did the, I'm just going to run the trial to show you that it can be done and then add him to it. I thought that that was a smart way to, to make that play. Yep. I liked, I liked all that. Uh, I would have hated to have been John Hamm in this movie and cast as the bad guy and then not even get to go fly in an airplane. Like they couldn't even get him <laughs> into a into a cockpit for like a few minutes. Yeah, he said he was a uh, number one in his class. Yes, he was. Then he said, "Yeah, yeah," which was it was great. I mean, it's a funny line, but it's it's kind of like nobody remembering that Rocky doesn't win and Rocky won. Everybody thinks Maverick was like the best of the best, and he wasn't. He lost. Iceman was the best. Yeah, it's because Goose died, but you know. <laughs> yeah, but Jennifer Connelly is still, still a smoke show, and I thought she did great in this. Yeah, she was good too. Yeah, it, it was a cool, you know, cool nod back to the original of, and it was such a small, such a tiny little Easter egg there. They, well, I mean, it ended up being a huge Easter egg, but going back to such a small part of the original movie, um, you know, with Goose quietly saying penny benjamin you know and <laughs> then now that's who this is it was it was pretty cool how they did that the best part of that scene is stinger's reaction once he says penny benjamin <laughs> <laughs> which you know, I, I don't I think we really even... had a stinger comparison here i think ed harris is probably the closest we got uh but he wasn't in it enough which stinger is not in the first one very much but he, he at least comes back a couple times but they didn't throw ed harris on the aircraft carrier they just went ahead and stuck john ham there oh i didn't even catch that she was referenced in the first one. See, when when was that? That's, it's after they get Cougar landed on the aircraft carrier in the beginning. Stinger is yelling at Maverick and Goose. He's guys, you guys have a long history of mess ups, uh, including you know a flyby, blah blah blah, and one admiral's daughter. And that's when Goose looks over at Maverick and goes, "Penny Benjamin," 
And then Stinger, <laughs> <laughs> you asshole. Yeah. <laughs> You're lucky to well, be here. I, I, Thank knew, you, sir. I didn't even, I don't think I even knew her name in this movie, you know? So yeah. even if I would have known that, like, that's, that's funny. That's hilarious. I'm glad that that yeah. was, was which they don't, I don't, you know, they, she says that in this movie that Maverick took her on a joyride in an F 14, but I don't, I don't think that's the implication of what happened with them. I basically, what the original Top Gun is alluding to is that Maverick being the Admiral's daughter is what happened. Yeah. 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 It, was, no, that, it was well done. I, I enjoyed that part yeah. of it. No, that, that that's great. And I wish I would have uh, rewatched the original prior to going to see that to maybe catch that. But oh. I just thought she was somebody that we met after, uh, Nope. After well, everything went down in Top Gun, yeah, no, we never met her. She's just like like Dusty said, right. it's literally just thrown in there. And to his point about like the funeral scene too, right? Like, it's if only you have the movie memorized, would you notice when the camera panned by or when they call her Penny Benjamin? Would you would you pick up on that? And I think there was some opportunities there for some smaller stuff like that, but it wouldn't have been overt, and, you know, it wouldn't have yeah. been just in your face. It just would have been a quick scroll by and you see, yeah, sure. you know, you see those characters. So, I mean, I think they, I think that would have been, would have been a good, this one's just not as quotable to your point, Dusty. I mean, maybe that's because I don't have 30 years of living with it, but I mean, there's just so much stuff that is quotable. I mean, we just rattled it off like the random scene after Cougar in the first one. And like, Every time somebody was rolling by, like, uh, you know, flying by, I don't know if, it, if this was happening to you, Dusty, but I kept going, where'd who go in my head? Every time somebody went by, I was just like, I don't know. Well, I think any movie that you continually watch over and over, you're going to pick out those lines in it. And I'm sure that they're in this too, you know, if you'd watch it 400 Maybe, times, yeah. you know? I don't know. There, there wasn't as much humor in this movie. I mean, it was a little bit more serious than the original one was. And, and I think some of it is, you know, again, some of it is that macho type stuff that was in the original, you know, I mean, even just calling goose, a you know, slider calling goose a dickhead, you know, just stuff like that, that was in the original that isn't in this, Um, you know, but it, I don't think I'll go back and, and, and find as many funny quotable things as that was in the original. Yeah, the original it's like so good it's that. like they had the, the intra-team banter, but it was more just like talking crap to each other. It wasn't funny. Like it wasn't Slider telling Maverick that he crashed and burned and Maverick telling him that he stinks and then Goose walking by and saying, no, 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 boys, there's two O's in Goose, right? Like, there's right. like stuff like that. <laughs> that is it like it actually was funny in the first one and this one had the banter but it was not really overly funny yeah it was just more you know more serious for Talking sure jive yeah <laughs> well i think uh it's a win it's a win and i hope they stop so that's my my final take do you like this one better than the original carson no okay no I didn't know. I mean, I I, I knew where I, there was zero chance that Dusty and I were going to say that this was better than the original, no matter how great it was. But I just didn't know where you stood on that one. No, of course not. No, nope. Yep. Especially, I mean, when it when it's so similar, how can you put it above what it's my, you know, yeah, same story. I know. I it makes me want to watch the first one more and more. But it's one of those movies that like I never th- consciously think to turn on because. 
I have it memorized, so I just don't even need to. But now I do kind of want to go back and watch it. I caught like 30 minutes of it the other day when it was randomly on, but I need to catch it again. Yeah, I I need to go back and watch the original. Uh, I just that that is one of those movies that I can just say is it's not a perfect movie, but it's pretty damn close. I yeah. mean, it's just it it does everything well that it's trying to do, yep. and uh, you know, just so rewatchable. Yep, but you know, took thirty years, but we got a good sequel for it. <laughs> Speaking of good sequels, we have our next episode lined up uh, coming in June, and Garrett can't wait. You might you might have the first ever one view, one view movie <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I'm not sure I will show up. Garrett's of course referring to uh, the latest installment of Jurassic World. I have zero interest in seeing this movie. And well, it's, it's actually into negative territory. I'm I'm I already hate it. Well, that's that's part of this uh, this June's uh, uh, two views because there's really nothing else that's coming out in June. Yeah. So we are weird. coming to see. Uh, well, a lot of movies got moved, and and here we are left with Jurassic World Part Three. <sighs> okay. Yeah, yeah. Carson may be rounding up some some <laughs> guest viewers on this because I know my conversations with Garrett surrounding this movie, there is nothing positive. And I think this is actually in worse territory than Avatar, and Garrett has genuinely no desire to go watch another Avatar. I, I really don't. Uh, yeah, I think I was talking to you guys the other day. I, I'm not sure if you said right now I have to pick Avatar or Jurassic World. I... I don't. Well, know. see the the advantage of Jurassic World. This is the last Jurassic World, and Avatar. No you so know that you're diving into four more movies because they've made them all already. Terrible, man. I mean, I, I need to find a, a hard pivot somewhere, man. Like I, I gotta, I gotta get off some, of Jurassic World. Like some Netflix or some uh, I mean, Amazon maybe, Prime release. Maybe Obi Wan wraps up. I, 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 I Lightyear doesn't look terrible. The Black Phone looks pretty good. I don't know, man. You, you gotta do Jurassic Park. I mean, it, it it's I mean, it's gonna make a ton of money. I mean, it's what the it. people it's what the people want, right? They want to hear Garrett talk about Jurassic World. The second one was so bad. The first one was it, bad. It was. I'm, I'll give you that. The second second Jurassic World was was poor. Yeah, it's it poor. Bad. Well, it was a remake. It, we we want to talk remakes. It was a remake of the whatever the second original trilogy the second movie of that it was the best world remake of that and it that movie sucked yep I'm so why good. do you remake an already terrible movie <laughs> oh god we do terrible. it better all right are we done with top gun for the night i think we're done all right um all right then carson where can they find you on twitter at Carson Graff, G-R-A-F-F. You can find me at at TwoViewsGarrett, G-A-R-R-E-T-T. You can find the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at at TwoViewsMovies, or you can email us at TwoViewsMovies at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the show via Apple, Google, Spotify, basically everywhere you listen. We are there. Dusty, thank you again for coming on. Thank you, boys. A pleasure. Anytime. All right. Well, then we'll be back I guess I'm being held hostage for Jurassic World 3. So we will catch you next time.
What should we do next? Something good? Something bad? Bit of both? Bit of both!